Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shall forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are all the corners of the earth and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his and he made it and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, and proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 104 is on page 467. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, thou art become exceedingly glorious. Thou art clothed with majesty and honor. Thou deckest thyself with light, as it were with a garment, and spreadest out the heavens like a curtain. Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters, and maketh the clouds his chariot, and walketh upon the wings of the wind. He maketh his angels winds, and his mint ministers of flaming fire. He laid the foundations of the earth, that it never should move at any time. Thou coverest it with a deep, like as with a garment, the waters stand above the hills. At thy rebuke they flee, at the voice of thy thunder they haste away. They go up as high as the hills and down to the valleys beneath, even unto the place which thou hast appointed for them. Thou hast set them their bounds, which they shall not pass, neither turn again to cover the earth. He sendeth the springs into the rivers, which run among the hills. All beasts of the field drink thereof, and the wild asses quench their thirst. Beside them shall the fowls of the air have their habitation, sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from above, the earth is filled with the fruit of thy works. He bringeth forth grass for the cattle, and green herb for the service of men. That he may bring food out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil to make him a cheerful countenance, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are also full of sap, even the cedars of Lebanon which he hath planted. Wherein the birds make their nest, and the fir trees are a dwelling for the stork. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats, 
and so are the stony rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for certain seasons, and the sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness that it may be night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do move. The lions, roaring after their prey, do seek their meat from God. The sun ariseth, and they get them away together, lay them down in their dens. Man goeth forth to his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works, and wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is the great and wide sea also, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships, and there is that Leviathan, whom thou hast made to take his pastime therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayst givest them their meat in due season. When thou givest it them, they gather it, and when thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. When thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. When thou takest away their breath, they die, and are turned again to their dust. When thou lettest thy breath go forth, they shall be made. They shall renew the face of the earth. The glorious majesty of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. The earth shall tremble at the look of him. If he do but touch the hills, they shall smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God while I have my being. So shall my words please him. My joy shall be in the Lord. As for sinners, they shall be consumed out of the earth, and the ungodly shall come to an end. Praise thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 33rd verse of the 49th chapter of the book of Genesis. And when Jacob had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed and breathed his last and with, was gathered to his people. Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Forty days were required for him. For such are the days required for those who are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him seventy days. Now when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, my father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am dying. In my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan, there you shall bury me. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father, and I will come back. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as all the house of Joseph, his brothers, and his father's house. Only their little ones, their flocks and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great gathering. Then they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, and they mourned there with a great and very solemn lamentation. He observed seven days of mourning for his father. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a deep mourning of the Egyptians. Therefore, its name was called Abel Mizraim, 
which is beyond the Jordan. So his sons did for him just as he had commanded them. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah before Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from, <clears throat> from Ephron the Hittite as a property for a burial place. And after he had buried his father, Joseph, returned to Egypt, he and his brothers and all who went up with him to bury his father. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for I am in the place of, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. The children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Here ends the first lesson. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 13th verse of the 14th chapter of the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with under the understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. 
Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. But the law it is but the in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, he is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Here ends the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, we beseech thee, Almighty God, that we who for our evil deeds do worthily deserve to be punished, by the comfort of thy grace may mercifully be relieved 
through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee, the God of all mercy, perfect remission and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. morning to all. Today's Genesis reading has um, one of, I think, the great lines in the Bible in it, um, where Joseph's brothers come to him and say, you know, that the father's gone. His father would have been a sort of the protector, keeping Joseph from vengeance. And um, uh, they, they say, please forgive. And, and Joseph says, um, you know, um, but you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And this ties up into the idea, this connects with the idea of, of forgiving others, um, which is a good Lenten meditation. Um, we sometimes forget that, that every time we, we pray as a church, we tend to say the Lord's Prayer, and we, we say, um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I don't know that we're always conscious of the fact that we may actually be praying to not be forgiven because we're saying, you know, please forgive us in the same way we're forgiving others so that if we're holding malice and grudges and resentments, um, we're actually saying, God, don't forgive us. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a trap laid in, in the Lord's Prayer, as it were. But Joseph gives us a, a pattern for how we can, how we, you know, how we forgive. And obviously, the, the what Joseph's brothers did to him was was a brutal and traumatic thing. I, it's you got to go back and remember, selling a young, a younger brother into slavery in a foreign country. Um, but Joseph was able to see over the course of time the hand of God. And how God worked in things that were um, that even where He was the victim, how God worked for good. He, he was able to see even when He's thrown in prison, how that gave Him the opportunity to to interpret the dreams, and eventually led Him to be brought out of prison. So He He began to see how God worked. He began to understand this this reality, as I mentioned yesterday, of double causation that. That humans often mean evil, but God is really in control, and 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 in the in the New Testament it's clearly revealed that Jesus is Lord. And so, if we look at our lives, part of our faith is trusting that God is able to do His will through all of the various chaotic events of our lives. And only when we really believe that, when we're really able to surrender to God, 
and accept his will as it is now, can we begin to let go of those who've wronged us? Because we choose the good that God is giving us in the moment over the good we, we wanted but did not get. And that re requires a certain surrender. And, um, you know, we, we wrestle with this. I mean, we, we can, and so, but this is what we have to grow on in Lent. And, and a good Lenten discipline is to think, where, where are those resentments? Who are we angry at? Where are we have some anger that we haven't quite let go of because the subtle correspondence to our anger is a lack of trust. If we can really accept fully God's will, we know that God is working through it all in us. And it takes a while in our lives, honestly, a, a period of years to grow into this understanding. But as the more we experience the reality of God's sovereign um, and uh, presence, ordering of our lives, using everything in it for his good, the more we can let go of our need for things to have been different. And the more we can live fully in the kingdom now in the present moment. And this also ties into our use of spiritual gifts, of which New Testament is talking about, because if we haven't fully embraced the will of God in our lives, in our lives as they actually are, we're holding on to something, we tend to be fighting an old battle, and that creeps out in the way we use our gifts. Our gifts always have uh, an agenda, an angle to them. So Joseph gives us an example of, 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 of the contours of forgiveness. People meant evil, but God used it for good. And forgiving people means accepting fully God's presence and work in our lives now, which means letting go of, of other things. And it might be noted here, letting go of it means also letting go of their power over us. Because as long as we hold on to the grudge and the anger, we're letting someone else determine the course of our lives and our attitudes. Letting go of that anger also sets us free from captivity to them so we can live fully in Christ in the present moment. So, a few thoughts on today's lesson. God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men.
We bless thee for our creation 